Hello and welcome to the first episode of Between the Scares, a podcast that takes a look at every Bloomhouse Productions movies known to mankind. I am your host, Jason Soto. Hello. And joining me is my lovely co-host, Lisa Leahy. Hello, Lisa. Hi, Jason. How are you? I am doing wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm, uh been kind of a rough month for me, but mm, I think we're on yes. the upswing here, so moving yes, forward. Yes, 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 yes. Let's, let's just look forward towards yes. the, the skies? Is that, the, is that a saying? Look forward guess, to the I skies? Mean, I think that would be more up, but I am tall, so I guess that works. To the horizon, perhaps? That's probably what I meant to say. That's probably what I meant. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, okay, so this is episode one, um, and uh, you found this. Uh, congratulations, you won the treasure hunt. And <laughs> and uh, this is going to go up on the main feed of my main podcast, whatever, with Jason Soto. Uh, this will be considered like a Minnesota of sorts. Uh, I'm noticing podcasts do mini, like mini episodes in between the regular shows, and I like to follow trends. So I figure let's let's just do that trend. I mean, you figure somebody's got something. You know, they know something we don't, so we clearly have to follow that. Exactly. Path. So uh, let's talk about ourselves first off. Um, so uh, my name is Jason, Miyamo Jason Soto, and um, I have been podcasting for about 12 years now, and you would think I would be good at it, uh, but I think I'm subpar. <clears throat> oh, I think you're definitely at least par, Jason. Oh, th <laughs> thank you, Lisa. Thank you. So I am par at podcasting. Um <laughs> So yeah, I've been doing this for about 12 years. I've had several different podcasts. I've guested on several podcasts. I've had my own. Uh, I did a bad movie podcast for about 10 years called Laird and Wanted with my friend Nolan. Uh, like I said, I got a comedy podcast called Whatever with Jason Soto that I do with uh, my friend Mary Mitchell. And then I co-host a top five podcast with my friends uh, Bill, Pete, and Tom. Uh, all of those shows, by the way, you can find over at rabbitholepodcast.com. So check that out. And I am, uh, I'm a fan of horror movies and comedy movies and movies in general. And, um, what led to the creation of this podcast was my love of horror movies, which I'll get into, uh, in a minute here. Uh, I live in Indianapolis, and uh, I'm in my 40s, so I'm probably too old to be podcasting, but you know what? Fuck all that. And I like to cuss, so if you're offended by cussing, this is probably not the show for you. Yeah, no, uh, see, I'm not going to be that clean about it. <laughs> uh, and I mean, then, might as well get that out there now. And then I met Lisa, actually not that long ago. It felt like it, it, it was like just last year. Um we met uh, during a podcast called The Lambcast, mm -hmm. and I found out she's into horror movies. She's into Mystery Science Theater 3000, and those are like two of my nearest and dearest things to my heart. And I was like, where the fuck have you been my entire life? <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently on the East Coast. Um, I'm here now, though. I'm here now. Yes. So, um, so yes, Lisa, let's tell, tell everyone about yourself. Well, hello there. I am Lisa Leahy, and uh, formerly known as, or sometimes still known as, Lisa Pass. Um, I have written reviews for the Critical Movie Critics, found at thecriticalcritics.com. 
I've kind of fallen off that a little bit because my uh, day job is I am a high school English teacher. And that gets really, really busy sometimes. And unfortunately, my brain is not good at multitasking. <laughs> so occasionally things fall to the wayside, which is very sad. And I do love movies. I've always loved movies. In you know my teenage years, my late teenage years, I did work at the fabled Blockbuster Video, Rest It Soul. Mm. And um, it was the best job I've ever had. I mean, I'm a teacher and I love what I do, but damn, was that a good job. Yeah, I can uh, imagine. Oh, it was a good time. I mean, especially in October. I'm also a horror fan. And uh, there would be days when I wasn't working and I'd receive phone calls and people saying, all right, I need to give this guy a, re a recommendation. What do you got? And I'm like, all right. It came, to a point that I, it came to a point that I would write down a categorized list and keep it taped next to the register so people didn't have to call me. Wow. <laughs> I wow. Mean, hey, you know, it's good to be needed. It's yeah, good to have a need. Yeah, I guess so. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, I used to be on a podcast called The Blockbuster Brunch, as a matter of fact. No affiliation to the actual uh, store. Um, and that was with my pals, Jesse and Brian and Kevin. Um, and we had a blast, but uh, those three gentlemen are all in bands, so they decided to focus more on their music than on their nerding out for the general public. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Blockbuster Brunch closed down ooh, a few years ago now. We're not going to talk about how many. Uh, <laughs> I, too, am in my 40s and probably should not be podcasting, but <laughs> I've already grabbed onto the fact that I'm too old to use the word yeet. Mm. But I love it, and it makes me happy. So mm. since that's also how I feel about movies and books and podcasting and my dear friend Jason Soto, huh. here I am. So um, also hoping to get a new podcast off the ground with my brother, who I trained to be a movie <laughs> geek just like me. <laughs> so hopefully you'll be hearing that soon, also through Rabbit Hole Podcasting. Yes. So, uh we will see. We'll see. Some good things coming this summer, that's for sure. And obviously a good time for me because I won't be in school. So I have more time to focus. Awesome. All right. Uh, so what is this podcast about? What the hell? Well, first of all, what the hell does between the scares mean? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> Why uh, would you pause on scares? I mean, just bring them nonstop. Exactly. So, okay. Uh, so first off, the premise of the show. So, like I said, I am a hard, I'm a hardcore horror nerd. I like all things horror movies. I like slasher movies. I like psychological thrillers. I like just random, just general horror movies in general. And I've noticed that a lot of the ones I'm kind of fans of are movies that was produced by Bloomhouse Productions. Uh, to anyone who might not be familiar, Bloomhouse uh, is responsible for movies like Get Out. Paranormal Activity, uh, Insidious, The Purge, I think. Um, a lot of those kind of horror movies, like Bloomhouse Productions uh, produces. And it is run by a guy named Jason Bloom. And uh, I thought, like, a couple, this was actually just a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know what, I kind of want to look through... All of his films, I want to. I want to check all these ones out that I haven't seen. I'm, I'm in thinking he must only do horror movies. So I'm like, there must be some like, you know, hidden gem of a horror movie he did like back in like 2005 that like you know no one really knows about. And you know maybe this would be like a good opportunity uh, uh, to get into it. So I created this idea for a podcast. I asked Lisa uh, to co-host with me because I. 
I love talking to her dearly. I think she's a cool person. Okay. And, and, um, and so I started this and then I said, we're going to go in chronological order of uh, movies he produced and sh- and Lisa, you're like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Done. So, let's go. so then I Google, I go, okay, Google po- Bloomhouse production films. And boy, was I in for a surprise. <laughs> um, but the name between the scares uh, comes from a quote that Jason Bloom uh, said some point in time. Uh, and it, it's it's this. It's uh, the key to a good horror movie is what happens between the scares. The scares aren't the tricky part. If you're involved in what's going on in between, the scare is going to trick you. If you're not, the best scare in the world will not be scary. And I kind of like that. I thought that was kind of a neat quote. Uh, you know, again, as someone who likes horror movies, I think that's a cool quote. So then I like I like the phrasing between the scare. So that's where the name of this podcast came from. Um, and I should probably note, I think you got to legally say this whenever you do like a podcast looking at uh, a production studio's uh, work. We are not affiliated with Bloomhouse Productions. They don't know we're doing this. Um they didn't. They're, we're not being paid by them. We're, they have no idea. We have nothing to do with that. We are just fans, and we're just doing this on our own volition. Mm-hmm. There, legalized stuff. Legalized stuff out of the way. There we go. Um. So yeah, it turns out Jason Bloom didn't always do horror movies. Uh, he did romantic comedies. Maybe. Yeah, Back in the uh, back in the uh, uh, 2006 era, back in the aughts, yeah, back in the good old aughts, in the aughts, yeah, and like pre Obama. That's how far back we're going. Like, Mm -hmm. like I can't even remember back then. Like, it's been such the last like eight and a half years has been such a wild ride. (laughs) That I I don't know if I can remember what 2006 was like. Like, like, ugh. but anyway, we are going back to 2006. We are going to look at the very first movie that Jason Bloom ever produced that according to IMDb and Wikipedia. And it's a movie called Griffin and Phoenix. Uh, Lisa, prior to me making you watch this, were you at all familiar with this? I had never heard of this before at all. This is also not my wheelhouse. So, um... You know, even even somehow being peripherally aware of some romantic films, this one completely got by me. Yeah, I don't even remember, like, I don't remember anyone talking about it. I don't remember a trailer. I don't remember either of these stars going on the talk shows and promoting it. Um, Yeah, so actually, speaking of trailers, let's go ahead and uh, play the trailer once I find it. I guess that's what I want. So, okay. That didn't work. There, Jesus Christ. Ah, sorry. <laughs> technical pro- technical issues everybody. It's it's okay. It's it's the pilot episode, it's what we do. Yeah, that's true. There we go. All right. So this is I swear to you <laughs> the trailer for this goddamn movie. And <laughs> when I when I watched this, I was already like, "Oh man, I'm regretting this decision immediately." Here we go. It's early, I know, really great a time place. Look, Griffin, your quirky charm and odd knowledge aren't going to get you into my evening or my life or any place else you were thinking about getting into. Fine. 
I'm just gonna tell you where and when we're gonna have dinner together. Can I get you something from the bar? Oh, dear God, yes. Have you noticed that we never ask each other anything about the other person? I was just about to ask you about that. <laughs> I just can't get involved with anyone right now. Who said anything about getting involved? If you insist on trying to cheer me up, I'm gonna leave you. Kiss me. None of us gonna cheer you up. It won't. Griffin, I'm happy. Okay, I think this is the place in the movie where I'm supposed to say, give it to me straight. I couldn't help It doesn't matter. It does too matter. Maybe for us it's the only thing that does matter. I love you, for better or worse. When I heard you call You should not be sorry about anything concerning me, ever. What I need is for you to be the one thing that was perfect. This time that we have. Let's have an adventure. Can you get off work? It's a bad time, really busy. I'll quit. There is something here between us. I've never thought When you were 14 years old and you didn't know any better, what did you always think about doing? Let's Man, with a stellar trailer like that, how do we not know about the existence of this movie back then? What the hell? Good God. (laughs) What were we doing? I I feel like I need to, uh, I mean, I don't know if enough people in the world have heard me yammer on about this yet, but (laughs) I gave up watching trailers a number of years ago. So that's literally the first time I've heard it, seen it, any of the above. If I had seen that trailer, I would have told you to go screw. (laughs) (laughs) Because... Trailer. Oh god! <laughs> I would not have blamed you. <laughs> looks so bad. Yes, yes. And, and frankly, I mean, I, I <coughs> not my wheelhouse. This movie, but hang no. on to your seats. I didn't hate the movie. Yeah, it's I, not my thing. But that trailer, oh my god, terrible. That trailer is like the worst part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, okay, yeah, I was just going to say, this is going to sound weird. I didn't hate the movie. I didn't think it was bad. You know what I mean? Like, it was competently made. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, it, it, I have some issues we'll get, we'll get into, but in the over, in the overall sense, it was well acted. It was well Mm -hmm. shot. Uh, Writing could have probably maybe used some work, but um yeah you know i as someone who watched bad movies for like half of his life this was not that that bad and i am not into romantic movies in the least bit like i'm not like a typical dude bro who like you know watches like jean-claude van damme like roundhouse kick a guy's head off or anything but (laughs) i also don't watch like romantic comedies either um but in terms of that i i did not think this was that bad no, it really wasn't. And I got to tell you, I mean, 
there are some, you know, romantic comedy skeletons in my closet. You know, I, I, I am a horror fan. I like psychological thrillers. I like the dark side of humanity. But there are a couple of really bad romances on my mm-hmm. DVD shelf. Okay. Um, Hope Floats. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. That's like the yeah, worst one. <laughs> it's bad. Jason, are you going to bail on this podcast for me now? Because I'm just admitted to that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to leave my own podcast, the one that I created. I'm just going to, like, nope, I'm going to do a Joel Hodgson and just just jettison out. I'm out. (laughs) The escape pod. I can make Um, that joke to you because you get it. (laughs) Oh, God, of course. So it's interesting. So going into this, you know, I went in cold. And Mm -hmm. it starts off with the the intro, the little handwritten titles over the aquarium with the goldfish <laughs> swimming and the guy looking into the goldfish and oh okay aren't we cute with um who turn out to be the eels yeah yeah leading into it and i went oh god i love the eels so much why that was are you weird i was so weird to um, find out that was the eels i love the eels <laughs> so it's weird. like oh okay this is gonna be a late 90s-esque uh reality bites-esque kind of <laughs> adult angsty relationship movie. So I'm like, that's what I'm about to watch. All right, fine, let's go. And then, you know, where it ends up going, you're right. The writing is really kind of silly. It Mm -hmm. seems like you have writers who went back to every potential romantic relationship they ever had or any potential um, meetup with a crush or whatever and said, well, here's what I wish I had said. Okay. You know those conversations you have in the shower afterwards? <clears throat> yes, yeah, I know exactly. Yep. Somebody wrote down all of those quips. <laughs> yes. And put them into this movie. And I'm going to say about two out of five land. Yeah. You know, like, occasionally he's got a good one. Yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like the bad. dialogue in this movie is stuff no actual human being would actually ever say to another person. Unless they want to get tased or get a restraining <laughs> order on, so okay, well, let's get into the, just a plot, just a little bit of the plot here. Let's so, go. so the main actor is Dermot Mulroney. Uh, he plays uh, Griffin of the titular Griffin and Phoenix. You'll never guess who Phoenix is, and um, he discovers like first five minutes in the movie, he's got some inoperable lesions in his chest that they can't do anything with and he's gonna die in a year and the very first line in the movie if i remember correctly is that part we heard where he's like this is the part of the movie where i say give it to me straight and it's like okay those jokes the whole meta you know this the part of the movie jokes that happen in a lot of movies only works when you're very thoroughly into the movie it doesn't work at the beginning I, right. right, like it. I feel like that's a very terrible spot for that joke. That's why I, I mean, said the writing was. Strong eye roll. I'll say that. Yeah, that was why I said like the writing really needed work on this. So this is where he finds out he has this inoperable like disease in his chest. He can't. He, it's not. He's gonna die from it in like a year. Okay. So he he then like we dis, we learn things like he he's divorced. He's got two sons. Uh, the ex-wife and the, the kids live in, like, I guess the former house that they all had together. Uh, the wife doesn't seem to like him very much anymore. <laughs> and, 
and uh, yeah, she's he, pretty snarky to him. She was kind of mean. Actually, was, the kids were mean too. Right, like the, like everybody had a problem with him, and he just was just showing up, like, "Hey, let's play basketball," Ooh. and they're like, "Get out of here," or whatever. So, <clears throat> okay, we then meet Amanda Pete's character, who is Phoenix, and they meet in a very strange place. I feel it was in a college lecture about death. Yes, so the course was called Psychological Processes of Death and Dying. Yes, and you're thinking it's like, okay, he finds out he's going to die, so this is just a way for him to to process it, I guess. But then he explains that it's part of a job he has about uh, something with life insurance or something, which I think now, as we went past the, through the whole movie, I think he just made that up because he never goes to work. No. <laughs> Nope, he does not. And, and she, we we see her job for like five minutes, and then she never goes to work until she says she quits her job. <laughs> right. Well, she goes to work in the beginning because she leaves the class after they have a little bit of a banter, and um, you know she's the assistant dean for academic standards. And I'm thinking, ugh, like what kind of job is that? So this woman is what sitting in this course making sure that, you know, the teacher is doing his job, the professor, or what is it she does exactly? Because at no point am I seeing her, you know, write up any kind of evaluation or have meetings with people. You would think she would have to do that, but... Right, it was never explained. I guess people just need to have jobs that they can later on quit in a movie like this. Exactly. So, anyway, they they both meet, Mandapete and Dermot Mulroney meet in in this class, and, and he starts, you know, saying these weird, like, wise cracking jokes about how you know hey i'm I'm gonna go to this restaurant you know wednesday night at seven and you're gonna be there blah 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 and she she shows up um she shows up and then they kind of have like an all-night date like it goes all throughout the night until the next morning Mm -hmm. and then my annoyance starts showing because then we get these series of scenes where Neither of them can make up their goddamn mind about what they want to do with each other. Because mm-hmm. it goes to her, like, leaving. Like, okay, I can't do this. I can't be with a guy. She leaves. And then he's like, okay. And then she comes back. And then <laughs> then they go on another date. And then they're like, oh, we can't do this again. And then they separate. And then she comes back to his apartment. But then he leaves the apartment. Yep. He's and, gone. And it's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> like, make up your goddamn minds. Yeah, it's it's funny because I was speaking with a friend sort of while I was watching it and explaining to him what I was watching it as it was happening. And he was like, oh, good. Did they do the breakup, but then they're going to get back together thing? I said, no, actually. I said, but neither one of them can figure out what the frig they're doing. Right. And so they change their minds literally within minutes of blowing each other off. And he's like, oh, that sounds fantastic. I went, oh, yeah, you should definitely see this one. Yeah, it kept, like, they kept just doing that, like, over and over for, like, the first 30 minutes of the movie. It was, like, it was kind of like a will-they-won't-they thing. Mm-hmm. Which is fine when you're watching a TV show that goes for about five years and it comes up every, you know, every third episode. <laughs> right. But when you're dealing with a movie that's about an hour 40, it, it gets old real quick. <clears throat> exactly. And then, um, and so then uh, they eventually get together... And then there, and then it took me five minutes to realize that this guy had ED. Like I didn't get what was happening at first, 
Because he's just standing at the window, like, looking out at the moon. And the girl's like, well, what are you what, what are you doing? And it took me, like, forever to figure out that he couldn't get it up. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, wait, okay, that's what's happening. Because I didn't know what the hell was happening. I was like, why, why, like, what is, ha- what is this scene? Like, what is this scene in the bedroom where they're not doing anything? And it's mm-hmm. because he can't get it up, which becomes, like, a, a recurring thing throughout most of the movie until it's no longer an issue. Right. And then the other thing about this movie is it's like a series of misdemeanors. And yes. it's like it's like they commit these like small petty crimes in the name of love. Uh which inc- I don't know if I agree with you on that. I got to stop you for a minute. I don't oh. know about this in the name of love thing or in the name of we don't have time thing. Oh, really? Like, he, it, it came to me that, you know, when he finds out that he's got this terminal condition mm-hmm. and he's just like, screw it, what am I waiting on? You know, like, you get you get those moments, those bursts of, what have I got to lose? <laughs> and so I think that's what he started doing. Like, that's what made him <coughs> climb over three rows of seats in the lecture hall to go sit next to this girl. Yeah. That's what made him, uh, this woman, excuse me, she's definitely not, like, 12. No, um, no, no, no. You know, made him chase her down and say, look, you're going to meet me at this restaurant. If you don't, whatever, here we go. And then she does. And so he says, cool, you know, let's get going. And, you know, like he just, I see this as you got limited time. So he says, I'm going to stop wasting it. And I think that's what he starts pulling her into this idea of what are these things you've, you've always wanted to do. You're going to do something you've always wanted to your whole life kind of thing. All right. I can, I kind of can see that. But it's still a series of misdemeanor petty crimes oh, because oh, yeah, they break into a movie theater and, like, they get caught almost instantly. Like, that was the fastest I've ever seen anyone get caught in a movie theater. What is up with this usher? Who has hurt you? This poor man comes flying down the aisle. He's got his flashlight in his, his, their face. And he's like, you know, you're coming with me right now. And I'm like, what did they do to even get his attention? Because right. I mean, maybe that he saw them come in, but I know my local movie theater doesn't have ushers standing in it. No. So if I came in the back door, nobody's seeing me. Right, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. Uh, it, it, well, no, and the thing was, they were sitting there for like five minutes before yeah. this guy even did rush over to them. And they weren't obnoxious. I mean, it's no. not like they were garnering everybody's attention where somebody went and reported them. But, I mean, again, we have to move the plot along somehow. Yeah, I suppose so. We have well, more misdemeanors to get to. We have a lot of misdemeanors to get to. We get we get that. We get them for whatever reason. He wants to like ride a train like a hobo, um, which she doesn't even do. I don't know if you noticed if you caught she that. She didn't keep up. Yeah, she didn't even jump onto the train. It was just him. Yeah. Um, which made which like which didn't made me wonder like so then what happened afterwards? Like he rode the train into the city and then he got out and they met up oh, somewhere no, later. <laughs> <laughs> You looked at your phone, Jason, didn't you? You got distracted. He did actually say something about um, how it, how it's much harder to get off a moving train than it is to get on one. Oh, yeah, so I, I don't know. We're, we're supposed to. This might have been the noticed he jumped off. This might have been a part that my significant other walked into the room and literally said, "What the fuck are you watching?" <laughs> <laughs> mine kept out of the room because normally, if I'm watching a movie, it's something he doesn't want to watch. And he, I don't think he realized that this was something relatively safe for him. That he but. could have watched. Well, you could have told you could have told your husband what you were watching, and maybe. Well, it wasn't that I was deliberately not, but I mean, he was upstairs with rehearsals, and he all was right. doing something. All and right, so all right, kind of all pops right. in and out of the room sometimes. Fair enough. Okay, um, 
Yeah, so, okay, so then eventually, somewhere in the middle is when it's revealed uh, through a very confusing scene that uh, she has um, ovarian cancer. Right. And and, uh, how this is (laughs) revealed is she finds these books that uh, that Griffin uh, had to check out about, like, death and dealing with death and stuff like that. And she took this as him making fun of her for some reason. Yeah, like, like he found out about her and was getting books to figure out how to deal with her. And I was like, that is a new level of paranoia. Right. And then this <laughs> this led to one of the scenes that made me laugh because they, they, went, they went out into the street <clears throat> and she's like, like, get away from me, you, you, you douchebag. I don't want to see you ever again. And she kicks his car and, and she's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And he's like genuinely confused. And then she, like, starts, like, screaming like she's being, like, murdered. And so these, like, random dudes who are just, like, hanging out in the neighborhood start attacking him. Well, I thought that was great because they do show that there are these guys hanging out on the stoop. And it's like, oh, you expect nobody to do anything. One, it's, well, I think they're in New York, right? It's New York City, and yeah. Secondly, like, you see this girl screaming at this guy, get away from me, get away from me. And, you know, of course, nobody does anything. It was kind of nice to be like, oh, look, somebody gives a shit. Yeah, and no, I, I get it. Him. I get it's different, but, like, it was just so, I don't know, it was just so weird. Because we're also seeing it from their point of view, like, you know, the right. two main characters. So we know what's happening. But, you know, if you look at it from yeah, the, the stranger's point of view, you have no idea what the fuck is even going on. And then the yeah. fact that they're lingering, like, afterwards, like, when they when she makes the reveal, and then they're, like, making up, like, out in the street and everything. They're just, like, hanging out back there. And I was like, that's so awkward for them. That's so awkward for them. That's so awkward for them. And so then now it's, like, a shared journey from this point forward. And it's, like, we have something in common. We're going to die in a year. And now let's just go commit more misdemeanors, like graffitiing a water tower. And, uh, I've yeah. Um, I mean, it does, it does put a different layer on such a thing. Because the idea of one of a couple having this terminal disease that you look at this and you go, God, like how gut punch that is, like how awful that's going to be. Because, you know, ovarian cancer is, is about as brutal as they come. Oh yeah. Um, I can imagine. His, it's established from the beginning. There's nothing they can do. There's mm-hmm. no um, operation. There's no way to extend right, his time, right, right. et cetera. So it, it, I found it sort of interesting that this is where we went with this. It wasn't one or the other. It was both. Mm-hmm. And what I kind of liked about it is that it wasn't this really saccharine, melodramatic, woe is us kind of thing. Um, they did just want to. It was kind of a we only have so much time left. Let's do what we can to enjoy it. Um, so I did kind of appreciate that, I think. And there were some touches of realism in there. Like that scene. Can we talk about the scene in the um I guess in the doctor's waiting room or the hospital's waiting room. Oh, yeah, that that really dramatic. Yes, absolutely. Which I do have to say was the hardest thing for me to watch, um, having watched this yesterday. Uh, Oh, uh, shit. (laughs) Ah, shit. You're not going to know, Jason. It's okay. Uh, (laughs) I'm so sorry. I I didn't realize. God damn it. And frankly, I was okay. (laughs) Frank, I got to tell you, I was okay. God, the universe uh, is fucking was, weird sometimes. It, you know what? It was kind of weird, too, watching it. So to those listening, um, I actually literally just lost my father to kidney cancer last week. Um, and the funeral was yesterday. So I watched this movie last night, 
and we see this mm. scene, this very touching scene, I do have to say. They could have been really schmaltzy with this, and I think they handled it really well, where you have the two of them sitting in this waiting room. She's itching to get out of there. She doesn't want to be sitting and using what little time they have left, waiting for some doctor who can't get on it to have this appointment. Yeah. And um, there's, you know, they ha- they're within sight of a room where there's a man on a ventilator, and this older woman comes out and sits with them and she's saying how, you know, she just needs a break and my husband isn't going to make it out of here. And it's this awful kind of thing. And I did connect with it because I had conversations with my mom about the same kind of thing. And as they're talking with this woman, you know, uh, um, Phoenix sits up and says, you know, Hey, is there anything we can do? Can I get you some water? And they spark up a conversation and this woman talks about these wonderful things that she used to do with her husband and how they used to get into trouble and this and that. And she throws this wonderful line out there. It's like, well, he had the sexiest legs I'd ever seen. And she says (laughs) he still does. And, you know, they kind of talk and you can see this woman transition from the grief of what's coming into these wonderful memories into, I think I'm going to go back into the room now. Thank you for the conversation. And it was sort of this, I guess reminder to look at it and say, okay, you know, it's not all about what happens at the end, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it could have been so sappy and gross and just like, let's be all saccharine. I think somebody who's experienced it, you know, and I, it could be this, this gentleman who wrote the film. And did you know this was a remake, by the way? I didn't until I did research for this episode. Then yes. With Peter Uh, Falk of all all people. I know, right? It was a TV movie originally. Um, you know, this John Hill, I wonder if he he experienced some of this because it was it was probably one of the better written scenes in the whole film. And definitely would have been one of the more well, would have been was one of the more difficult scenes for me to watch, but I think that way of turning it made it okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I I do. I completely understand what you're talking about. So and please don't worry, I'm okay. It's, okay. it's all that we're, we're I, so... I, I swear <laughs> I didn't even make like the connections and all oh, that. Like we planned this the, two weeks ago. <laughs> like it was weird. I mean, but I watched it Sunday, and <laughs> you told me about this like on Friday, and so I, I don't like I don't know for some reason my brain didn't think like oh shit maybe I should check on her yeah. after this movie and okay. I didn't get I didn't yeah so. All right. As long as you're cool, we're cool. I'm okay. I'm okay. You're okay. All right. Awesome. We got the we got the heartfelt stuff out in the very first episode, so let's go. So all right. <laughs> um, okay. So then there's a point. Uh, so here's the point. Actually, the point where I kind of want to talk about one major problem I have. Let's go. And it's just that this is just simply a movie. Like, there's no like problem. Like, I mean, outside of the dying the cancer, yes. But I mean, there's no like. You know what I mean? Like, there's no plot problem. Like, there's no, like, okay, they're dying of cancer, but then it could be, like, you know, they could have just thrown something else, maybe. It was just, like, stuff happening and them acting and then them doing things and then it then it just ended. And it literally just ends. And, like... Yeah, I gotta <clears> say, I like where it ended. Let's come back to that. Okay, yeah, because... Okay, I think we're gonna disagree on this, but okay. Um, <laughs> so... I love disagreeing. Um... There's like like about almost towards the end of the movie, uh, 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 Amanda Pete's character starts getting worse, and they had a conversation early in the movie about how they don't want to. Uh, once one of them gets into the hospital because of that scene you talked about, uh, they don't want the other to 
just hang around the hospital room. Just just gonna end it right then and there. Go their separate ways. One will be in the hospital. The other is gonna go finish the rest of their life. Right. <coughs> basically disappear. They don't want to do the waiting. Exactly. So Amanda Pete ends up going into the hospital first. Um, you know, with her, you know, her cancer getting worse, and he decides that no, he he doesn't want to do that. Um, but she won't let him. She's like, no, you need to leave. I don't want you here. Mm-hmm. And and so he does. So he does a thing that kind of ma- I, I'm gonna admit made me laugh. I'm I I was trying to like I was trying to find humor in things, even though sure. I don't think well, it's, it's supposed heavy, to be funny. It's a heavy topic. And so when he did this stuff, and he he now this time he he moved up from like petty larceny to like full on destruction of property. Like he's oh he's God. amping up his his criminal game here. Is he gets a flat tire in his fancy ass car that I don't know what it is because I don't follow cars. And um, let's just say if you're a car guy, you probably like orgasmed when you saw this guy's car. It's that fancy of a car. And it's a really nice car. Unfortunately, I don't know either. Yeah, I don't fucking know either. Anyway, so he... This isn't the car podcast. This is not the car podcast, so sorry. Um, so while he's changing the tire, he gets really frustrated because he can't see Amanda Pete, And so he starts trashing the car with the, the, the jack. And then he just starts going down the street, like, trashing other cars down the street. And this gets him arrested... And then, like, fucking Michael Showalter shows up out of fucking nowhere. The ex's new <laughs> partner. Yeah. Like, can you imagine calling this guy? Like, that guy's going to show up to bail out your idiot ex-husband. I don't think so. Well, and then he did. He did? <laughs> he did. He kind of enjoyed it, too. But I was just more stunned that fucking Michael Showalter just showed up out of nowhere. <laughs> and then here's the funny thing. He, Michael Showalter ended up, I don't know if he wrote it, but he at least directed a romantic comedy parody called They Came Together <laughs> and it easily could be this movie. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I didn't know like, that. Yeah, there's a movie called They Came Together. It has Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler in it and it's literally just like a romantic comedy parody. Like, it's <laughs> every cliche you could think of, especially stuff from this movie, like, into it. Like, it is a funny movie. Definitely check it out. Um... But yeah, Michael Showalter was involved in that movie, so him showing up in this is just amazing. So anyway, um, he this he goes back to the after getting bailed out of jail, he goes back uh, to see Amanda Pete in the hospital, and is like, "No, I'm gonna stay here. I wanna we're gonna be together." And then he breaks her out of the hospital, which I've been in the hospital a few times. It's not easy to just leave no. the hospital. Like it, it's, I. Trust me, I would have left <laughs> like day two if I could have. But no, I they tr- she would have been really weakened by now. So I mean, a little suspension of disbelief, I guess. I but suppose this is some pretty pronounced suspension. So they go into like the for I'm saying the forest, but it's actually like a forest part of Central Park. And he set up like a Christmas tree because there's a whole running thing in the movie about Christmas. About how they're not going to see Christmas this coming Christmas. So he sets up this big giant Christmas display. And then the movie ends. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. We don't, I mean, not that I want to see them die. I'm not like a, you know, sadistic person or anything. But Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that they didn't end it with her dying. or Or him dying, one of them dying. I was very surprised by that, and I didn't know how to take that. 
I liked that. I thought that was, I mean, you're right. It's a very abrupt ending. Very. Um, where it just kind of stops. Um, and I think that kind of goes along with the sort of, I guess, realistic narrative structure to this, where this isn't, you know, that plot diagram pyramid that you filled out in middle school in your English class. Um, <laughs> This isn't a classical narrative structure where you have the conflict that starts the rising action that gets to a climax and everything comes back down to the resolution. It's not that kind of film. Right. It literally is a film that starts in the middle of somebody's life. He shows up in the middle of somebody else's life. You have these snippets of what they do together. And then we leave their story before their story ends. I kind of liked that because it broke the tropes that you constantly see in these movies. It did surprise both of us, Jason. We do have to say that much yeah. in these little elements that we go, oh, well, I know where this is going to go. And then it kind of doesn't. Mm. So I, I actually have to give it some credit where it does set up for different things. And I think from the beginning, as much as the deaths were an impending, looming cloud over both of them, it's not what the movie was about. And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. You're welcome I, to say no. You're full of shit, and I disagree. With you. It's <laughs> no, no, just no. My opinion. I, no, no, no. That's just it. I, I am respecting your opinion. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm. You can still tell me that you disagree with me, though. Please, by all means, <laughs> do not sugarcoat. <clears throat> no, it's fine. Uh, no, it's just. I don't know how to put it. Like I was again. Like I said, it just was just like a movie. It was just a flat movie, Correct. and and for it just to be. And and just and I'm thinking like okay the ending has to be very over dramatic right like I feel like there has to be like one very powerhouse scene of her in the hospital bed and he's holding her hand and there's mm-hmm. tears and then she closes her eyes and then flatline and then he's like no and then you know maybe even like a scene in the cemetery or you know oh, you know what I mean like you know. I felt like, you know, they could have amped up a little bit, just a little bit towards the end, because this movie was really just flat for me all the way through. Like, it was just, again, just not much plot-driven stuff was happening. It was just a story. It was just a movie. It was just these two doing things until they stopped. Right. So It's definitely very character-focused. Yes. Not enough to be one of those films where you go, oh, it's a character study. It's really not. No. It's kind of like what these characters are doing to fill their time. Right. We only know like their their present. We don't know anything about their past. We know the we know he was married. She had a relationship, and that's about all we get. We don't know anything else. And you know, he likes cars. I guess he likes building cars. Uh, but we don't know much about her, you know, we don't get too deep into her, like, personal life, what she likes, does she have a cat, does she have, like, a favorite stuffed animal, was her parents divorced, like, is she, you know, is she from Texas, like, we're, you know, we don't know her story, Mm -hmm. and, and I feel like we know a little more, a little bit more about him than we do her, but then not even that much, and it was just, just flat all the way through, and then it just suddenly just drops off to a sheer cliff, and the movie just ends, so... Yeah, it's probably why we don't know much about it. Like we didn't hear of this before. Yeah, exactly. It was something really good. Yeah, and you know it. It was a budget of five hundred thousand dollars, and it made one point four million in the box office. But it doesn't look like it released here. Did you notice that? No. I'm not seeing stats for United States money. 
I'm seeing stats for Russia, for South Africa, Mexico, Chile, um, really? Korea. Oh, no, I'm on Wikipedia and it just has a thing that says box office 1.4 million. Yeah, well, there it's, is a... it's interesting because it's the worldwide gross oh, here is we the 1.4. It doesn't office. look like it got released here. International, worldwide, dom- you're right, domestic is blank. What the hell? Yeah. What? Which is kind of interesting. I That's mean, I weird. guess part of it is because, you know, this is a remake of a TV movie. TV movies aren't really a thing anymore. Yeah. 2006, you're dealing still with even Netflix is brand new. <clears throat> Yeah, that's true. And you I know, so I guess if it may be a straight to DVD, but even then, I mean Well, it does say in the Wikipedia that this uh is shown periodically on the Lifetime Movie Network, which is very yeah. uh, very fitting. So uh, <laughs> that's true, that is true. All right, do you have any last thoughts about this? I'm I'm done. I, I'm kind of done. I think the one thing I do want to say, and again, this will happen now and then with the English Teacher's Corner, you've got <laughs> a thing called Griffin and Phoenix, and you're dealing with the names of two mythical birds. Beasts. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and it's kind of like, okay, maybe there's something about the two of them, and maybe it's the, you know, you look at this, you go, okay, oh, this is going to be cool. It's it's these two unicorn-type people who make a massive difference, and when they come together, something really great happens, and there's just none of that. So, like, okay, why are, why do we just get their last names? Yes, she does eventually reveal her name is Sarah. Sarah yeah. But it's kind of like, okay, I, that may be somebody could point to it. And like I said, I have two degrees in this in English, so I could be two degrees in bullshit. And I could write you a paper about why the fact that we, don't, that we go by their last names and that he doesn't really know her first name for so long and yeah. the fact that you complained that we don't know anything about them uh-huh. is because it's not about their past. It's not about their future. It's about their now. Yeah. Which, thank you very much, would be a much better friggin' trailer than what we got. <laughs> Exactly. If somebody had said that in the trailer, I might have been like, okay, cool. Like, this isn't a movie about somebody's baggage and this. It's about their now. You know, and I I mean, I sound like a moron even that. So no wonder they didn't put it in the trailer. But <laughs> Actually, I got one more thing I got to add. Um, Let's hear it. So, okay, so eventually in this journey me and you are going to be taking, we're going to get into the horror movies that Jason yes. Bloom got his hand into. Let's go. And so um, – a common thing that I hear from typically non-horror movie people is when they watch horror movies, they're so terrified and scared that they got to watch like a comedy afterwards to get over like the terrifying experience they just the went comic through. Relief. Yeah, so they got to watch like a comedy. They got to put in like, like you know, like fucking Faulty Towers or Miss T3K or or something to make them feel better after the movie's done. Right. I had a similar experience after this, but kind of opposite problem <laughs> is that I was I was so depressed when this movie ended, like because you know the last twenty minutes is them like crying and we're dying and we're no longer gonna be together, and my mind just was like heavy with all this depression from this movie that I had to watch like an hour and a half of like funny YouTube clips just to go to bed. Because <laughs> I was so, like, depressed. I was like, like, Jesus, I am so, like, down. I need to, like, watch. I went and watched, like, so much red-letter media. Like, it's not even funny. 
and, and then I was, and then I felt better afterwards. I was like, okay, now I can go to sleep. It's like two thirty in the morning, but okay, I can go to sleep now. So, so I guess we can call that the Jason Bloom effect. That must be effect he just has with all of his movies. Like you got to watch something afterwards to make you feel better, regardless of what the feeling is. Palate cleansers, for sure. Yes. So, all right. So that was. Cleansers. What's coming up next, Jason? Oh, God. Well, if you think the next one's going to be a horror movie, man almighty, are you going to be disappointed. Let's just get the disappointment out of the way now. Um, a yeah, it, I think it's going to be a minute before we get to the horror movies. So, here is the next movie we will be covering. <clears throat> Something started happening to me a year or so ago. I started to notice certain things which I wouldn't have noticed before. The life I lead is irredeemably corrupt. It has no justification. My sympathy for the poor does not change the life of the poor. Why do you want to know so much about me? Because I want to know if I can trust you or not. The Fever. So that will be coming next time on Between the Scares. Thank you all very much for listening to this. Uh, please uh, follow all of our shows over at rabbitholepodcasts.com and uh, check out all the other shows there. Um, yeah, we'll be back sometime probably sooner rather than later. I don't again I don't have a schedule planned for this, but uh, yeah, we'll 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 reconvene and we'll talk about that movie. So, Sounds uh, good to me. Looking forward to it. All right. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Jason Soto. I'm Lisa Leahy. Guys, have a good evening. Copyright 2021 Rabbit Hole Podcast. Rabbit Hole Podcast.com.